Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. TPV Radio, Central Texas. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. What's good, radio family? The Thomas Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with, on Sundays, the Thomas Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m., Central Standard Time, followed by Satellite with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Monday, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Friday's Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Best with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m., and Lota Bar Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas Voice presents by appointment only, coming soon. TPV Radio's open mic open to all pastors preachers, and artists, and we're going to get it in to be announced. You can also catch us on Live 365, 24-7. Just search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Walk with us, family. Let's go. At Javina Distributing, we got your covering for your winter and summer needs. One size fits all. To order yours today, please message them on Facebook at Javina Distributing or call 616-929-2991 or 517-489-6923. Or you can order from the website www.allsports.com headgear.com and type in promo code Siron2020 to receive 20% off your purchase. Let's get it. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, 
body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. Listening to the Lord of Our Nation with Sandra Grace right now on TPV Radio. This is Sandra Grace Martinez, and I am a mental health care expert. I'm here to offer some tips and tricks on how to keep your mind sane and your emotions balanced. One of the many things that came through my mind when I chose to be a licensed professional counselor 
was the type of services that I wish to provide. And without a doubt, I wanted to work with adults. I wanted to work with struggling adults, especially those that have addictions, whether it be a drug addiction or an addiction of other sorts. As life goes, it did take me to work with other other populations, not necessarily just adults. One thing I remember that several years ago, I did ask to have a clearer picture of where I was going. And when I say ask, I mean I prayed to God where he wanted or needed me the most. I wanted him to use me as his tool to help other people. And sometimes what I had in mind and what he had in mind were totally different. So I will provide you today with a course that you can certainly get a certificate for. And I started this several Sundays ago. Many other pressing issues have surfaced. I'm getting back to this certification on how to become a biblical counselor or a lay counselor. But getting back to what it all means in terms of helping others under the umbrella of belief systems, under the umbrella of spirituality, of religion, one must be very clear if it's time for you to answer God's call to care. So in this course description, I'll just, I'm going to read it as if it were a regular course. And, you know, before this, uh, I want to go ahead and pray, dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, please, if there is someone out there leaning towards dedicating their life to ministry, dedicating their life to people and caring for for people God's way, um, Lord, please open their heart, open their minds. And I just ask you, Lord, that you give me the the um, ability to to state what I need to state and, and of course on your behalf and I love you Lord with all that I have and am and in Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen so this course description begins as, as <clears throat> excuse me, as follows God cares deeply for us God Well, he calls us to himself and desires to work through us to offer his message of hope to others. In this course, you'll be introduced to the tough issues that pain today's generation, the modern-day search for answers and the biblical basis for counseling ministry. This lesson serves as an introduction to the helping ministry with special attention given to the needs of hurting people and what the Bible says about how a counseling ministry can change people's lives. So in this course, there will be some objectives to learn. 
the first objective I hope that you learn right before we we finish our program today is to develop a general awareness of the tough issues facing today's generation. And I say tough issues because if you're not prepared to hear some of the issues that I'm about to lay before you, you may want to reconsider whether or not you wish to move forward in answering God's call to care. Two, to encourage vision and passion for a helping ministry. And three, to build a general framework for understanding the basis for Christian counseling. So an introduction, God loves us and calls us all to serve him and to serve one another, whether you are encouraging a child or caring for an elderly man in deep depression, helping individuals see beyond their pain and circumstances with a message that God cares about people and will deliver us in the heart of a caring ministry. So, again, this introduction, I love the way it begins because it does bring forth not just adults, but it also brings forth children. And so, because we all suffer, and notably during this pandemic, we have seen children, elderly, all ages, all races, all socioeconomic statuses suffer in the same way or have a level of anxiety, questioning life, having existential um, breakdowns in some areas. So I'm glad that we lay the foundation that this is across the spectrum of all of of God's people. So the community of care not only consists of professionals and pastors, but laity as well. Anyone who is willing to invest in the lives of other people can be used by God. So again, you have to be willing to invest. So invest time, energy, sometimes even resources so that God can use you. You'll be very surprised how God can provide those resources once you've committed and you you are a genuine soldier for God. Those resources will be provided without fail. Take my word. So let's talk about some of these issues that people face. Some of these issues are very dark in nature, but they're very, very real. We'll try to talk a little bit about some of them as time is not giving us, um, will probably give us that much breath so that we can go too deep into these subjects. We can certainly go into these subjects on other podcast opportunities. So one, the hurting. Well, let's start off with the hurting. The hurting, one, and I love the fact that we start off with this particular issue, and that is fatherlessness. Approximately, let's 
see, 27 million kiddos, 39% of kids under the age of 18. So 27 million kids live in a home without a dad. Approximately half of these haven't seen their dad in the last year. Two, 25% of kids who live in homes with a dad spend less than one hour a day with their dad. Now, to start off with this in terms of helping people, we're going to put this in perspective here. I'll give it one minute and then we'll move on. It is the lack of of, of having sometimes a, the, both mom and dad in the home. But just because a dad or a mom are in the home with the child doesn't mean that they're actually investing their time and energy on their kiddo. Not to their fault. It's not done. I know that in the hearts. I am a single parent, so I know that it's not always about my son. Although I say sometimes I feel like it's I'm awake from sun up to sun down, and I mean that S-O-N, um, not S-U-N, because when he's awake, um, you know, I've got to point my feet at him. I, I have to point my energy towards him, but that's not always plausible. It's not always appropriate because he needs to do what he needs to do for school, and I need to do what I need to do for work. And because of this pandemic, it's a little bit difficult to provide all this attention to a child and my heart goes out to those that have several kiddos that they're looking after especially those that did not return to school so just because our kiddos are underneath the same roof does not necessarily mean that we're paying the right amount of attention and we can just be more aware and mindful of that moving forward but the saddest part of the two-part hurting uh, section is one that 27 million, actually 27 million plus kiddos, um, 39% of kids under age 18, live in a home without a dad. So approximately half of these haven't seen their dad in their last year. So moving forward, I've got another topic of hurt, and that is sexual abuse. One, as many as one out of four children possibly three out of five girls are sexually abused by someone they love or should be able to trust. Two, many survivors of sexual abuse have never talked to anyone about it. How often do we hear in the news about things that happened in the past and they're now surfacing? And yes, as a professional counselor, most of my dealings with sexual abuse in my clients have been in the hands of their loved ones or someone within the family. So moving on, we have another section of hurting people, and that's people with sexual addictions. 
one in a congregation of 500 people as many as 50 will be sex addicts i was very surprised by this number but it is absolutely not um, too far from your congregation down the street if you put it in proportion so it is a thing. It is a real thing. It is a real struggle for some men and women. The majority are male, but there are some female that do struggle with the same. Two, the Internet has increased accessibility to pornography and false intimacy. It's true. There's been, there's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Always has been always will be and it just has in the last several months believe it or not with you know the lack of intimacy else because of pandemic and we are social creatures and with most government agencies uh, stating the words social distancing which I just do not promote I say physical distancing because that's the truth we're physically distancing ourselves six feet not socially we are social creatures so i i find that that is not the appropriate verbiage it is physical distancing as social distancing is concerned well we are social creatures as i said and the internet again it has increased uh, in sales and all in all types of services um to access this type um, of, of um, sexual, uh, to provide the means for the sexual addiction, whether it's pornography or false intimacy. So D, um, the next issue for hurting people is depression. Number one, 20% of Americans will at some time during their life experience clinical depression. That means that for more than four weeks, you may have struggled with lack of sleep, lack of eating appropriately, perhaps overeating. There's a slew of criteria to meet to be clinically depressed. But 20% of Americans will at some time during their life experience this horrific I I can't even explain it um, I used to suffer from postpartum depression and I can tell you it's real and it is um, something I don't wish on anyone I wish it didn't exist however it does and I'm glad that this is brought up as an issue so if you wish to to point your feet towards someone who is hurting, always know that that can be the case, that they can be suffering with clinical depression. Two, women tend to experience depression two times more frequently than men. Now, I just shared that I've had postpartum depression, and most women, usually most women, do struggle right after they have their babies. And so I think that's probably what makes us a little bit more vulnerable than men. 
Men also are not very open about being depressed most of the time. So it could just be a lack of being honest uh, uh, with oneself and um, their professional counselor or pastor. But women tend to experience depression two times more frequently than men. Another issue for the hurting is anxiety. So one out of six people experience some type of debilitating anxiety. That is a lot. One out of six. So debilitating anxiety is not just, oh, being overwhelmed or being overstressed. Who isn't overstressed from time to time? Who isn't overwhelmed from time to time? Sometimes we worry. We worry excessively for long periods of time. We begin to question what's going to happen in the future to us, to our loved ones, or in general. And when we do that, we're now living in the future. We are now afraid of the future, of the what ifs. So being afraid of the future is not a healthy place to be because you deprive yourself of the here and now. You, unfortunately, not because you don't believe in God, but because you don't yield to God and what his plans are, you can find yourself in a state of debilitating anxiety, which is a fear-based disorder, and you are living in the future and not being mindful of the here and now, and also neglecting God as the one who actually is in control. Most people suffer from anxiety, and that is debilitating, usually suffer that as a panic attack. A panic attack is real. It is something I cannot describe other than what books say. Um, I've had one before. I don't believe I wish that on anyone as well. Not my worst enemy. No, not my worst enemy. It feels like you're going crazy, like you're about to lose your mind. Hot and cold, you feel your your head spinning. You feel like you're out of breath. And it just feels like you're going to remain in that state forever. But it usually only takes about 30 minutes. But just the fear of having another panic attack can make you actually have another panic attack. So yes, anxiety can be very debilitating. So panic attacks and obsession or obsessive compulsive disorder, otherwise known as OCD are just two examples of the anxiety controlling people's lives. So it's noteworthy that nowadays with the coronavirus or COVID running rampant, we have actually, and we I say society, has actually underscored the importance of being 
uh, clean in terms of washing our hands, not touching our face. Um, and, you know, the, the truth is walking. I mean, you can see the truth with your own eyes as you walk down the, the aisles at the grocery store and there's not enough hand sanitizer or Clorox or bleach. So some people may not have had OCD in the past, may have it now, because a, the OCD is a way of the mind believing it's controlling everything. Like it, it's it's going to control the elements. It's going to, and so there's nothing wrong in it in in doing what's right by your family and yourself and your well-being. There's nothing wrong with being clean. But there are some people that obsess. So they they obsess in their mind. So an obsession is a mind, a state of mind. It is mind-driven. But the compulsion is the act. So obsessed is in the mind. The compulsion is actually acting. So, and we are talking about um, a very extreme case would be uh, someone um, pouring, you know, bleach every one hour on the hour um, on the counter, and they haven't even had uh, anything on the counter. Um, it, it, it could be very bizarre behavior. In some cases, it could be as bizarre as turning lights on and off, on and off. Um, a certain amount of time, people go to the extreme believing that if they don't, that something horrific is going to happen. It goes way off the deep end. It is serious and that is debilitating. Uh, so that is, so there's panic attacks and OCD. An entire other uh, podcast, I think that would be appropriate and, and how God would handle the, uh, how God's word speaks to those that may struggle with OCD would be a great podcast. And so I will put that in my mental relic for us. Now, for now, we're just talking about these issues that, again, if you are intending or wanting or willing to become a minister or a lay pastor, you need to be very aware that these are some struggles that in the real world you will face. So it's not just talking about broken hearts. Um, it's also talking about or listening uh, to someone about a broken heart or despair, but also these other issues I have just talked about. And they go on. So we've just, and just briefly, I'll talk about what we've discussed, in case you forgot. We talked about fatherlessness, sexual abuse, sexual addiction, depression, anxiety. We'll move forward to the next issue, and that would be stress. So stress, one, hurried sickness. I say that in quotes, hurried sickness. The persistent belief that there's never enough time. Two, the result of stress escalation, crowded lives, plus fatigue, plus insensitivity, plus irritability equals isolation and loneliness. So the result of stress escalation, crowded lives, plus fatigue, plus insensitivity, 
plus irritability equals isolation and loneliness. That's the result of stress escalation. Number three, stress affects us physically using, well, our bodies respond to stress in ways that you wouldn't believe. Ways that you'll believe someone may be struggling, but believe me, every single body will struggle physically under a level of stress, constant level of high stress. So stress affects us physically, causing heart attacks, high blood pressure, etc. I am a relatively healthy 47-year-old woman. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't abuse drugs. And, you know, I don't generally live a toxic life with toxic people. I am very fortunate to have a loving support group. Now, that doesn't mean that my life is perfect. Once I worked, and I was working a lot for an organization, and I was working uh, to my, um, it was unfortunate because it was, because I should have pushed back um, regarding being on call as a clinician. Sometimes you're on call, so you may be off and you're on call, and if there's somebody that's suicidal or homicidal, you may be called out um, if you're working for an organization, a shelter, a hospital. So in my particular situation, I was working many hours and on the weekends and on my days off, which I cherished the heck out of. I loved my days off. And unfortunately, I was told that on my days off, I would be on call, at least one out of the two. And at the time, I didn't realize um, how critical a decision of not saying anything. And I just went with it. So shame on me. However, I quickly figured it out because my body said, oh, yeah, no, my body, I didn't even know that I had high blood pressure. I mean, someone as, you know, calm and collected as me, I couldn't believe that working so many hours and listening to so many stories of victimization that had manifested in me uh, in, in the way that my body had said enough. And so my blood pressure was very, very high. Interestingly enough, when I chose to leave that particular job, my blood pressure went back to normal. So I'm not saying people should quit their jobs because they have high blood pressure. I'm just saying that if you have unmanaged stress, it does take a toll, a silent toll sometimes, on your heart, your blood pressure at times. Not only that, it can make you very susceptible to becoming ill if you're stressed. The next issue would be marital conflicts. Oh, these are the lovely ones. So if you want to become a minister and you think you got what it takes, well, let me tell you, it's not always just individuals. 
it's not always just kids or teenagers. Well, I would rather have teenagers sometimes, I'll tell you, than marriage conflicts before me because they are pretty nasty sometimes. So be prepared because marital conflicts, at least 50% who marry will divorce. That is our current stat. And these statistics, the statistics don't include the sorrow that occur behind closed doors. So marital conflict, first of all, is, you know, erodes our soul when, when it's done and over with. I mean, one may, I hear it often, oh, I'm so glad I got rid of him or her. And, and that's it, you know, I'll hear that. And, but people have come back. To, to therapy with secondary issues stemming from that relationship. Now, if the relationship was toxic and abusive, then they may present with different types of symptoms that you know, maybe allude a bit to the PTSD side, depending on their, you know, the gravity of it. But generally, the loss, the grief is there. They do go through a grieving cycle. The bargaining, the denial, the anger, all that, and it just, it goes on, and it could go on for years and years. And so talking to someone that knows how to help God's way is important. So, but you have to, if you are inclined to help people in in a biblical setting or using biblical uh, references and, and, and showing compassion, this could be one of um, the heaviest types of um, settings that you, you may run across. And that is someone who has just, just been divorced, especially if there were children involved and now there's shared custody. It is, uh, exhausting as a therapist to listen. Um, it's exhausting as a therapist to listen to two adults yelling or screaming at each other. Um, it, it's exhausting. It just is. I'll just leave it at that. Um, it is noteworthy, though, that it is. You learn a lot about the human condition. When you have two people who once loved each other and are now at odds, um, sometimes you're their last you're their last person before they get a divorce. So there's a lot of responsibility on your hands. Again, do you have what it takes to help people God's way? So we'll go on to childhood struggles. One is called latchkey kids. A generation of lonely children. Well, hallelujah. Lately, my kid is in the latchkey kid because he's here to speak during this pandemic. But he was a latchkey kid. And uh, there, is a, there, there was that sense of loneliness. Uh, no one was around. Uh, we lived in a condo. Uh, not very many people his age were there. 
Um, but we did have that. And not to say that there are not people out there that are working and have latchkey kiddos. There are. Um, so there are some childhood struggles there. Um, when you have an unsupervised child, anything can happen. And they can, uh, I've worked with kiddos in a setting where um, they have uh, resorted to certain acts against themselves um, because they're sad, uh, depressed, or anxious, um, such as self uh, cutting. Um, and that's a whole other issue. But just be aware that children do have their struggles, and one of them uh, is just the loneliness they feel. And this may not be pertinent at this very point in time, but latchkey kids did have a certain level of struggle. Also, the in-between parents, which are children that require both quality and quantity time, kids spell um, love, T-I-M-E. So I like this. How do you spell love? You ask the kiddo, and the kiddo spells it T-I-M-E. They just require both not the quantity but the quality of the time. So it's important to know that children want time. And when you're counseling a kiddo or you're ministering to a child, it is important to know that, you know, I've seen it in churches when the kiddos are actually in their groups and the grown-ups are in the congregation and fellowship. The kiddos are rowdy and, you know, some of them may not be so rowdy, but I've seen them where they are. And they just love their Sunday teacher because their Sunday teacher is giving him the time that that um, very much needed, you know, one-on-one, and they're happy-go-lucky, and, and and they're like, ah, Disney, you know, uh, you know, fun people. And then, you know, you go pick them up, and they're like, uh, there's mom, there's dad. Not that we're, you know, we love our kiddos. Our kiddos know we do, but sometimes they want a lot more. So parenting, oh, that's just a whole other level of responsibility, but yes, kiddos spell love, T-I-M-E. Other childhood struggles, well, let's see, approximately 18 million kids today are in need of some type of therapeutic intervention. Well, this has actually gone up, this has actually gone up. And but this is on a very so reserving, I mean, just a very, very reserved number. 18 million kids today are in need of some type of therapeutic intervention. And of course, again, the pandemic, the social distancing, as they call it, but it's physical distancing, has also triggered some of these underlying issues that has hurt our children. So, a conservative number is 18 million kids. The hotlines for kiddos that for suicide and other um, just counseling hotlines have just skyrocketed. Uh, they have difficulty keeping up with the demand, and especially now that schools have started, it has triggered anxiety in some some children to go back to school. So um, let's not minimize that. How about the adolescents? So struggling adolescents, they search for identity and acceptance. 
approximately 1 million teenagers will end up pregnant each year. Nearly half will have abortions. Drug and alcohol dependency is high. Teens lack clear direction, goals, and commitment. And suicide has become the number two killer of our teens. And these are very uh, disturbing numbers. And we may have heard them in different settings at different times. But adolescence, you know, we were all young once. And adolescents in this day and age have it a little bit more difficult. Um, if not a lot difficult with what is happening in the world today. Social unrest, the pandemic, economic crises. They're probably having more existential crises than, say, a year ago. So I urge you also, if you want to help people God's way, and you think you have it in you, well, know that adolescents, Well, they have some interesting needs because they're trying just to find who they are. They're trying to, as I said at first, they're searching for identity and acceptance. This is the best time, actually, to teach them about God's word or solidify what they know if they were raised in a Christian environment. They're going to need it. They They will need it, especially adolescents. So... We will um, start with, well, I'm going to end with just a couple more. And and we do have something that we don't talk too much about. But if you want to help people God's way and want to move forward, think about people um, that are medication seekers as well. They're trying to fill a sense of emptiness. They're trying... You know, their baby boomer blues, an example of one generation's search. They're reconnecting with abandoned children at times. Um, so some people will say even that they feel like they're in a cocoon and uh, medication makes them feel out of the cocoon. So there are medication seekers out there. And just to underscore, sometimes some people will go to counseling to get the thumbs up that, yeah, there's something really off, there's something bad, there's something not right, they're struggling, um, and, and want that in writing so that they can go to a psychiatrist or a physician to get medication. Or more medication because they're going to run out soon and they're having to go to see a therapist as per their doctor. So there are medication seekers in that regard. And you have to know, have that discernment and God can give you that discernment, you know, when you are in the word. So Dallas Willard once said, psychological revolutions have not been able to help the darkness of the heart. So obviously the problem is spiritual, and so must be the cure. So let's see the God seekers. So a search for the trend for the pardon the search for the sacred trend. I love that. Um, I think that 
that those who seek God and are thirsty for God, um, they're wanting to they're wanting to not only point their toes towards Christ and the cross, they also want to they also are willing to sacrifice a part of them, you know, to do what it is necessary to trend with God. And so uh, I love that. I love the fact that there is, um, you know, there, there are major concerns that they have uh, for the well-being of other Christians and that they're willing to put themselves out there uh, to assist. So I am going to wrap up the show um, with, with this beautiful quote. So according to the statistics about the hurting and searching in today's world, it seems that these are the worst of times. Yet at the same time, these are the best of times to reach out to hurting people with the truth and ministry of Jesus Christ. So I ask if you still feel you have it in you, these are some topics that you will be faced with. These are some issues that you will find in your one-on-one with other Christians. And if you want to keep learning on how to treat uh, or how to love uh, God's people um, the way the Bible, the four corners of the Bible state you shall do, then continue listening to Load of Bar Nation because we'll continue on this particular um, loving people God's way. And, of course, there is a certificate that you can obtain um, as soon as we finish the course. There are several other topics, but this I wanted to talk about, all these issues that are were kind of difficult, you know, maybe even triggering some of you knowing that you have gone through maybe this so now you can empathize with folks I empathize with someone who is struggling with depression because I've been there and I know what that feels like and sometimes it's good it's not something I wished away anymore because I can empathize not just sympathize and that makes you genuine and authentic and if you're coming from a place of peace and Christ the more receptive the heart will be in healing. So I want to ask if there's anybody on the line, Christopher. If there isn't anyone on the line, I'll just quickly wrap up in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this great time to be with my brethren, all the people out there that need you, that need that warm blanket of your love, you will always have time for us. You will always love us. You are real. You do love us. And you know what you're doing. I pray this in Jesus Christ, most holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Loda Bar Nation. This is Sandra Grace wishing you a great Saturday night. You're listening to The Motive of Our Nation with Sandra Grace.
right now on TPV Radio. Central Texas. you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 